Welcome to the Tokenomics DAO podcast, where we explore everything tokenomics related, ranging from deep dives on the tokenomics of the newest protocol to demystifying the nuance of building a successful token ecosystem. Our goal is to bring awareness to the importance of tokenomics and the crucial role it plays in defining the success of a protocol, helping make tokenomics relevant for everyone, builders and investors alike. I'm your host, Flo, joined by my co-hosts, Jason and or Lovis. Welcome to the podcast. Today on the Tokenomics Style podcast, um, we are here in the center of Germany, the three core initiators, Flo, Jason and Lovis for the first time in person. And we're recording this episode over a bottle of wine and a plate of cheese. Never been done before. And we're going to talk about the payment distribution in the DAO. We have put our heads together to try to figure something out that's attractive for people who are already in it or about to join. But we're also thinking about the long-term strategy of like how to involve a token in instilling long-term thinking in the DAO, as well as turning people who are traditionally agents in their work life into principals and be DAO owners. We really hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, we are recording this podcast the first time ever, all three of us in person, Woo! meeting here, because uh, we had a meetup. And one of the things that we discussed today and we thought this was really cool bringing up and uh, talking about in the podcast is the distribution of payments <clears throat> so via our consulting arm and some of the content that we produce we've got some revenue and um, we've discussed in a couple of these flywheel episodes that the revenue mainly comes from consulting right so consultants are sort of um, like that's the most lucrative job you could do at tokenomics DAO. become a consultant you do projects with clients and you get paid for that but the flywheel thing goes back to that our content is really really important because our content is proof of work right we during via the content that we create we show the outside world that we've done our homework that we understand what's going on and um, that we analyze this topic in depth and and yeah presented in a way that people understand it. So that's kind of our proof of work. So what we need or what we want our contributors to do is to keep producing that content and not just focus on consulting. But that's hard because all the money comes from consulting. So um, yeah, today we and today we kind of sat down or yesterday we kind of sat down and, and went through that and, and discussed how um, these revenues that we get can be distributed. Right, so that was that was one of the points. And I guess what's interesting is, or was for me, that in the beginning we always thought like, yeah, we definitely need a token for that. We need to create our own token before we can get to any solution. But I think um, we found some really easy to implement and um, simple solution that will get us there without a token. And we'll just buy us some time to really spend some more time thinking on what we want out of that token. So yeah, that's kind of what we want to talk about today. Um, and I'd say it starts with we've got our consulting revenue that comes in, right? That that goes into the the treasury, and then we're going to split that up 
and pay a part of that into or leave it with the Dow Treasury. That was the initial assumption, and we'll give the rest to the consultant. And now, a couple of uh, DAOs or communities, they've used this tool called uh, Collabland, I think is what it's called. Like you can do these peer-to-peer -peer reward rounds and um, distribute tokens to people. So I can, I can decide I'll vote and give Jason a couple of tokens and Jason can decide, he can vote for or distribute a couple of tokens to someone else and that will then create a ranking for who gets how much out of that allocation pot. And so our idea is really that we'll take this revenue, we'll give a part to the consultant, that we'll pay some into the treasury, but we'll also distribute some to the community and the community can decide. And this really has the benefit that we can give a part of that revenue and really do that based on this like peer-to-peer -peer level so our contributors will know best what each of them are doing and how much value they're adding so that's how they can that's how we can reward so ideally with that kind of model and that's what we hope um, the people who add the most value every month they'll get the largest chunk of that reward so yeah i think that's that's sort of the model that we came up with yeah, so one thing that I wanted to throw in was while currently uh, consulting is our biggest source of revenue, in the long term, that's not what we're planning for or hoping for. We're really trying to get um, paid content off the ground and build tools from this early revenue to get to more of a passive revenue stream situation where we don't have to try trade time for money. But in the short term, consulting is like, is like the easiest access to revenue. So just want to make that clear because often people ask like, oh, why don't we put more emphasis on consulting already? Why don't we do marketing? Why don't we sell aggressively? Well, it's because of that, right? So we, we do get um, a decent stream of requests and we have people to service it, but we don't, we're not trying to build a consulting DAO, right? Like there's more to this game. So while we're super happy to do it, um, help clients and also helps us, you know, kind of prove ourselves and improve ourselves with solving these problems and trying to leverage that early revenue into developing other cool stuff that'll be more, even more sustainable long-term. But yeah, so of course somebody um, giving their time to solve a client's project should get an immediate reward, like an almost like, it's not hourly, but it should be like a fixed base, right? So a light paper, for example, there's a cost X that we charge to a client and a consultant can assume to get a, a, a decent percentage of that. That's definitely worth the time to, to do it. But then um, the biggest portion of that of the total revenue though will be retained by the DAO and then yeah, that additional portion will be paid out on the model that... So like, why did we decide to pay the biggest portion out to the DAO? Like, I think that's interesting to point out. Does one of you want to <laughs> walk us through that? I guess um, the issue we're facing is versus a traditional company, right? Everyone else involved in an organization would all have a certain salary that they've pre-negotiated with management of that company. So everyone's in the background doing what they need to do and 
the guy that goes out or the lady that goes out at the end of the day to clinch a deal, you know, it's like everyone's part of a, a team, right? And it's a, it's a team effort. But right now, we're in a DAO and the consultant will be the one that's, you know, facing, let's say, the, the outside world, right? And getting, getting work done and money comes in to the DAO through the work done by the consultant. But there's no mechanism to reward the other individuals involved in the DAO, supporting the work, supporting all the DAO's activities, right? Building the brand. Everything, all, yeah. All these things. Right? Backend stuff. Yeah, exactly. And they're super important, right? Like um, without marketing, without branding, without HR, without community managers, none of this stuff will work, right? So we were just thinking about how we could pay or reward work in a fair way where everyone involved was happy, right, with, with what they're, they're getting, hopefully. But even more importantly, um, that if the DAO was successful and it's, if we were able to start getting, let's say, higher payouts where our margin started to increase, that everyone involved in the DAO would get, get rewarded you know, as well. Like their rewards would grow in an equitable, linear way to the revenues growing. So that was what we were thinking, right? Because traditionally, um, in an employee-employer sort of a relationship, you'd get this dynamic where, okay, I'm going to get paid, I don't know, X thousand dollars a month. If the company earns more or less, I kind of will earn X thousand dollars a month, right? If I'm lucky, I might get a nice bonus come December. But it's nothing that's promised. It's nothing that's certain. And there's always this, you know, the downside's kept, but the upside's kept as well. So we're hoping that you know, at the DAO, we're going to be able to reward everyone that's working in the DAO in a way that everyone shares in the growth of, 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 of our business. And so, yeah, so we're cracking our heads thinking, how, how could we do this, right? Yeah, and the, and the long-term thinking is a really uh, critical part to this, right? So we also don't want to explicitly don't want to like overpay in the beginning. Because it would be it would be just too easy for people to just come in, do whatever is required to get in front of clients, and just it's like yeah, do really well at that, and that's that's awesome, right? That does add value, but then not really also um, put any time into creating content, building up the brand, you know, creating this gravity that which is a term that Flo likes to use, which I really like, the gravity that pulls more opportunities to the DAO and brings more people to the DAO, right? That that kind of the backbone of of this whole thing. Because if we stop doing that, then eventually no new project will come in. Yeah, exactly. And so we were looking at kind of the ratio of effort, right, that it takes to get to where we're at now. And just like measured in like articles produced roughly, it's like a, like just really roughly, let's say we've created, say, four or five light papers for clients, but it took like 20 to 30 articles <coughs> to get to this point, you know. To build a brand. To build a brand. So it's a, it's a, what is that? One to, not one to 10, but it's pretty close, right? Ratio. So, um, so just everybody has to kind of keep that in front of their mind. They're like, oh, 
you know, project sells for so much more than what I'm getting paid to, to deliver it. And it's like, yeah, because so much more went into even getting to this position to have a project, right? Um, and then also, you know, incentivize. So even if, um, so for example, I'm working on a client project right now and consulting and I have to remind myself also to find the hooks to produce content from that, right? Because that's, that'll be super interesting. Or even, even take the time to share about the experience in, internally with contributors because it's uh, it's super educational super insightful right to to like take this experience take the learnings because of course there's always learnings on both sides even though as a consultant you're kind of there to educate your, your client but you of course always take stuff away so kind of distill that down and also push it out into the world again to again help building the brand yeah so i think the main dynamic we were focused on was again comparing with the traditional company setup you would have a company being incentivized to increase its profits via keeping its employee costs sort of you know like fixed right while really really pushing get your, getting your sales guys to get you know as high a, a sale price as possible therefore increasing your margins right so for us here, the DAO, we were just thinking, okay, so if, even if that margin increases, that's a good thing. So that margin, um, that, that extra that we make from that increased margin, hopefully, when that happens, will be a good problem to have. Um, that gets reinvested in the DAO. And then through a certain mechanism, we would then be able to put that, um, that saved up revenue in the treasury from that increased margins and give it back to yeah everyone involved in the DAO um, and, and we're hoping to use these let's say innovative methods to try and get peers to, to rank or, or review each other um, and then for that for that uh, revenue in the treasury to then be given out based on how your peers view you so yeah it's something that We'll try and we're hoping that with this, we're again going back to that agent principle dynamic, we're hoping that we can get more and more of everyone that's involved in the DAO to be thinking about things from a principled sort of perspective rather than a yeah, a part-time agent, right? That's just trying to fill up and get get the hours done and then get paid. Um, yeah, actually like yeah, reducing the hours reduces less of that agent potential like this pay per hour reducing that and we're ramping up on the like bonus pay right the bonus pay comes from what the whole team thinks you've added yeah yeah to, so the, to the DAO as a whole right right and so as the pie gets bigger though so as the total DAO revenue increases of course that share is more and more right so hopefully over time we can move to a model where we don't even do the hourly anymore because people will be much more excited about the profit share part and it'll be ideally it's more than what they earned before yeah we were even talking about maybe at some point instituting this system where consultants would get to choose whether they get paid out now or get paid out in the future in 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 percentage of future revenues right and how you know if you chose to get paid out later or a bigger proportion of your payment being paid out later you'd actually get more if things worked out 
Um, and why we think that'd be good would be everyone would then have an incentive to ensure that, you know, instead of earning a hundred bucks today, if if I can make sure, you know, the DAO's running well and I get paid in six months' time, I'll get two hundred dollars instead of a hundred dollars today. Right? And the time preference shifts and therefore the perspective you know whether one is an agent or a principal shifts with it right because yeah, it's your long term yeah yeah that's basically a definition of being a principal right if you're thinking long term the longer you think the more you're on the same side as a, a owner right a principal of things so what i find interesting that like in this current approach right we don't even need a token so there's no tokenomics really involved it's just this um we're just doing this profit sharing but still i think without web3 without crypto it would be hard to do because you could like i mean you could do this of course within a corporation i don't know why none have done it but just alone this like you have a global workforce and you you need to pay that that's i think where at least stable coins come in really handy um but then we, we sort of thought, like, how could a token make this even better? Where could a token help? And that's something we haven't really explored yet. And I thought we can maybe, like, get into that a little bit, into, into these thoughts. But like, so, the, I mean, like, the current mechanism would be, at the end of every month, we'll have a certain part of that revenue put into this pool, and members decide how much everybody gets. But, like, maybe later on, we can involve some kind of token to that process. Have we have we thought about that? Have we talked about that at all? No, we we haven't really. But we could just brainstorm some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. So for example, complete projects could be also you could also be rewarded, right? Like a NFT or a PO app of some kind. And then that could be also an anchor that kind of in a way earns you revenue or um but of course, it could also be that it's a that you earn a token allocation, and then basically it's, it's a, in a way like there's a there's a yield on the on the tokens that you hold, based on profit increase or something of the DAO. Because I think like the the benefit of that, I mean the, the I think the downside of this model of you at the end of the month you let all the members decide who gets how much is some people might not see. The stuff that really adds value or some people may not be able to to judge which article let's say there's like two people who did an article um one got like ten thousand views and the other only got a thousand and but i don't know some members might like the title more or like the images more but at the end of the day i think for the dao you did like that ten thousand view piece would be better like add more value to it so that might be more valuable. And if you'd have some sort of measurement criteria that would then define how many tokens you get for something that, like you kind of tie this like value creation process to the payout. I think that would be a really cool goal you could work towards. Because currently it's more this like, it's this subjective perceived value, right? I, I think the piece that you added, uh, that you wrote added a lot of value, but I can't really quantify that, but with a lot of things, like, I think you can quantify it. So you could say like, customer project completed, 
um, and the size of the customer project maybe repeat customer repeat customer reference customer all these things were like super important right? yeah. and make, make it more valuable that than like a small project um, that did not become a reference yeah and somebody that writes an article and just hands it in and says okay you guys have it versus the person who writes an article and then goes and also hustles right and says it goes on twitter or goes on whatever platform they're active on and shares it and gets people to to look yeah, at it yeah. right like that is super super valuable for the DAO. and of so it's not to like overburden everybody that they're responsible for everything but it's just like having the having like the total DAO performance so to say at, at your core interest and so then like as a founder you would naturally go and try to hustle for distribution because that's just what that's what you know you have to do right or you maybe try and go in and improve the process right so yeah, you'd, you'd right. see like ah uh, like the time you're sending out my tweets is sort of not the right time for the target audience that we're targeting and so you you talk to the guy who runs twitter and you'd say hey man um we should do this at, the, at a different time because then you can think you get more engagement and therefore get higher reward payout at some point um for that so you'd work kind of really towards the goal so me yeah I guess we could do that. It'd be a lot more effective working rather than, you know, you'd be working for outcomes rather than working for optics, which a lot of times in big corporations, you end up working more for optics, right? What does my boss think of me? What does yeah. my, you know, my colleagues think of me? And I'm afraid this first model that we introduced will do exactly that. It, very well it could be yeah. that a lot of people then in the community, because they know end of the month is this peer-to-peer -peer payment round, they'll be running around saying like, hey, have you seen this article that I wrote? Yeah. And they'll be like overly promoting it internally, but maybe outside of the DAO, it hasn't actually caught on that much. But it'll be more important for them to promote it internally because that's where the what, that's what the source of income is right. for them for this reward distribution. But if we could get some like externally determined factors, mm. I think that'd be much better. And I guess we've talked about this we talked about the reputation token. I, th I think we did a podcast on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the reputation token was this idea that it'd be cool to have some like on-chain, uh, what do we call it? Proof of achievement, achievement proof of skill, something like that, right? Yeah. So let's say like, and, and Vitalik has like recently published this, this piece on the Soulbound token. And I've written about it in like, with self-sovereign identity, with there's there's many that have like pursued this goal of achieving this these on-chain credentials in a way, right? So you have um, you do something like a university degree maybe, or complete a client project, and then you get kind of a token paid out, and that token contains the information around the completion of that project, and it also is signed by a trustworthy entity perhaps right so i hope like tokenomics that would be such a trustworthy entity and so if it would be signed by that entity saying maybe it could even sign by two parties it could be signed by the client and by tokenomics now saying this consultant has completed a project um over this size on this particular topic and the client was happy whatever and you would sign that you put that into token i don't know what type of token probably the token doesn't the token type doesn't really exist yet because you wouldn't want it to be tradable but essentially if you'd have something like that that you could give to a user um with this 
that could then be the basis for reward payouts. There's lots of other benefits of reputation tokens, I guess, but it could be the basis for a reward payout. I think that that's something, if we get that mechanism right, then we can base the reward payout off of it. And then it could be like really interesting or really cool, like a lot better than um, this like first phase approach. But I think the benefit of the first phase approach of just doing it peer to peer is that you can really start it super quickly. No token required. As soon as your DAO community has revenue, um, then you can just get that going. And what do you think? Do you think that first approach is already a bit better than a traditional salaried Salary. approach? Yeah, you think much so? better. Because yeah. of what you said, like principal agent, it's this you. I think as soon as you start paying someone a salary, like he'll stop being um, interested in, in like doing his very best. He'll be just he's more worried about not getting hours. sacked. Right? Yeah, in a way. like just clocking the hours, doing yeah. like jumping as high as he as he has to. to. Not as high as he can, as high yeah. as he has to. Right. Yeah. Yeah, very few. Then you just rely on the person's personality. Some people, of course, take ownership. They like, can't help themselves. Yeah. But, um, but very few do. Very few don't even know what that means. So I, I think it's very important to set that incentive. And seriously, I wouldn't. If I wouldn't see there's a pathway to reward. Yeah. I wouldn't, like, I'm not going to go to any guy on the street and help him build the greatest house in the world or like help him out beyond any normal level if I don't get a reward for it. Yeah, so I think also that's why it's also good to, to start with a lightweight version that we can implement quickly because I think it is cool to also start paying out rewards in general, even if they're small. Um, and I think like this idea that you know people can join tokenomics DAO that aren't like Web3 developers or like super technical, but they can learn tokenomics and they can actually make money in Web3 rather other than just from trading tokens, or, you know, trading or whatever. I think it's super cool. So that's also something that I'm very excited about applying my skills from from my previous life to this and being able to create value for others and getting paid to do it. Or, you know, building a DAO around doing that. Yeah, that's the more important part. Like, you're not just pocketing in that money, but you're building something, contributing to something, right? So hopefully this kind of thing would really motivate someone after a consulting project. Let's say you came up with this new calculation of demand from staking. And he would, in the project for the client, he had created the spreadsheet. And so normally without, if you only pay him like for the consulting gig, he wouldn't be incentivized or motivated at all to take this and turn this into a template to share with others, mm. with other contributors. Mm. But I think this model, even though it's only a small step from, from the other one, it would already instill that in him, right? It would, it would like create this incentive for him to go ahead, turn this into a template and tell all of his DAO folks, all his team members and say like, hey guys, you should really use this, it's pretty good. And then, because then he knows if that really adds value with them, at the end of the month, they'll give him something for it from that distribution round. So you get more yeah. from that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then th- th- there's two cases, right? There's there's people who do that naturally because they care, and in a normal work setting, you don't get a reward for that, other than maybe thank you. And then there's other people who who are sitting. They even right? <laughs> and there's other people who are sitting like on a mountain of knowledge that could actually make all their colleagues' life easier, but they won't share it because they see themselves in some sort of competition with them, right? Or they think, okay, even if I do share it, I might get into trouble because maybe there's an unknown unknown somewhere. Somebody mm. uses my method, gets into trouble. Then and it's then my fault. It's my fault. Mm. Right? So it's a thankless task. And if it does work well, my boss is going to take credit for it. Yeah. You know? You're kind of getting, you're getting rid of that competition then. So in a lot of ways for us, this would be a nice stepping stone Right, we can use this, see how the DAO reacts to it, learn from it, and then when we do our tokenomics design, we use what we've learned to create something that will help us to, you know, sidestep, let's say, any of the downsides of this model, hopefully, yeah, yeah. while still keeping the upsides. Yeah, I think that's the coolest thing, just going out and trying something like that. I mean, we've been talking about that today, like this that we're also excited about future of work, right? And that a lot of what we're doing here with this is sort of building, is also contributing to building this future of work aspects. Like how can people work together on something, create value in some sort, but do that in a very different way. Maybe that's nicer for us. Um, it's some way maybe more motivating. But I don't know, there's all these different aspects that we're exploring that that we like that drive us towards this right doing this in and es- we're exploring all that in essence w- w- i think if we were to really boil it down you would say that we're trying to create a system where there's it's very meritocratic right it's based on merits it's based on what you've done and it's not so much about competition there's there's abundant work out there there's abundant things you can do to increase value you don't have to make it a competition of relativity between you and your colleague right um and yeah and and we want to make sure that whatever profits or growth in revenues come in that they somehow make their way to everyone involved and in that way yeah everyone becomes a principal again right Everyone becomes a, takes ownership in everything, every aspect of their interactions with whatever they do in the DAO. So that's a holy grail. Um, get people more productive while being happier, while feeling like you know they're, they're, they're very fairly remunerated for their work. Um, and, and I think that's what really, really excites me when ever we work on these aspects of tokenomics right it's like how to get human how to leverage human nature without needing to kind of straitjacket it so much like how we currently do in our most of our everyday lives you know needing to turn up to work at certain times needing to make sure i don't know being told like exactly what to do and maybe you don't like it it's not you yeah it's not the perfect thing for you right don't take risks or yeah. get scolded because you didn't take a risk you know i don't know and i'm not sure where all listeners are from right but if you're from asia you'd be pretty 
you'd be pretty familiar with like the dynamic of you know nobody leaves till their boss leaves at night right like okay the big boss has left so now the second level managers can go and after, I've always heard that, yeah. After they've left, now the third level managers can go. And so basically, if you're the junior guy, you're always the last one to leave because they have this thing called FaceTime. Not the stuff that's on your iPhone, but like, you know, they literally call it FaceTime as in you have to show your face. And if you don't show enough of your face, you're never going to get promoted or noticed or whatever, right? So the incentives are not... They're very, again, driven, driven by optics rather than by results right then rather than by outcomes no one cares as much right if you've done something good for the company it's just more how are you perceived by the company are you well liked do you seem to act like you're pretty hard working are you there early yeah so in many ways we're trying to kind of hack at the system and try and create this environment where people can create and add value and get yeah, fairly, fairly rewarded for their work mm, without this unfair employer-employee corporate dynamic. Yeah, and at the same time, not having to do everything yourself, right? Because also, <clears throat> working as a freelancer, um, as I have for the last two and a half years, is, is also super cool and liberating on some levels, but then there's also nobody else to, to do anything, right? You're just, you're like on your own. No backup. No backup if you get sick, for example, no backup. If you have a scheduling conflict, maybe you're not vibing so good with one assignment and you'd love to pass it off to somebody else. Man, it's nice if there's, you know, if you get people to back you up, right? Or like even in the consulting projects, like we're working on this thing the, called the hive mind. So even just being able to do um, brainstorming sessions with other contributors on a, on a defined problem set is so cool and it helps you go then after that and impress your client with other people's ideas but but we're all working together right we're actually all working together to impress the client it's not just on you it's kind of like you're in a company of sorts like you're you're it's like you're employed but you're still a freelancer you're like you're free to best of all and show up and, and do yeah and, and do what you want and that's kind of i don't know what that enables i mean couldn't you have done that like 20 years ago already Maybe not with remote work, but um. I, I mean, maybe there, there's probably been some like outlier cases where they, where people have figured it out. But I think what we're trying to get to is that this becomes the new normal, right? Yeah, and we're probably early, right? So maybe in twenty years it's the new normal, or in in ten, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, in the past, you think about a you think about traditional hier- power hierarchy in a in a corporation, right? And is this Somewhat of looking like a pyramid scheme, right? Where you've got some guy on the top telling three guys what to do, and then those three guys tell another four guys what to do each. Yeah, that's Florian pouring half a liter of wine for each of us. <laughs> um, right? And so it's a, it's a very... The larger an organization is, the more layers you have, because by definition, everybody can only manage, let's say, three, four, ten people right that's it so if you've got a thousand people the number of layers in that in that um, power hierarchy just just keeps growing and growing and growing right and then everybody has to impress everybody else to try and climb climb up that ladder but in a DAO we're hoping that everything gets flattened out 
and then value just gets recognized right whenever value is shown mm-hmm. and then it gets rewarded so like again we're trying to create something that's based on merit you know and I don't know. Is that fair? I think it's fair because it's the fairest system we have because we're rewarding people based on value. You know, nothing else. Nothing else. Just value. Um, and of course, no system's perfect. So we'll have to test and then iterate and then see how we go. But that's the cool thing. We, we can just go out and test it. And I don't think a lot of entities in the last 10 years or so have tested and innovated on this stuff mm. i mean yeah there's been companies that said like okay we're gonna get rid of the 40-hour work week or have as many holidays as you want or do stuff like tried out new things but in small steps but i feel like this is a bigger step mm. that, yeah, we're, that we're that we're currently taking we're going, trying we're, out. we're like putting the core premise on its head right and the other stuff is like nice like periphery yeah like unlimited pto or whatever but it's Unlimited pay time off is useless if nobody takes more than 10 days, right? Because you're always going to be the weirdo. Like, you're still, like, you can't tell me that yeah. you're not, you're still getting punished if, even if you take advantage of the thing that yeah. you're supposed to have, right? Um, but then there's also this, this meme that I was just thinking of uh, when Jason's talking with the rewarding merit, right? So in, in corporations, often when problems don't get solved, so there's, there's this picture of like this giant, I think what it is, like giant block of rock that needs to be moved across the desert and there's like three people pulling in the front and it's like well clearly there needs to be more people pulling right and there's one guy with a whip on top and then instead of adding more people in the front to pull it they add more people with whips more whips yeah right? so this is like to me this is like classic corporate problem solving right it's like oh no we just need better managers to manage the resources we have it's like actually we need more resources you end up with like a corporation full of generals but no soldiers no soldiers exactly so and if everybody's a principal, though, they, they would recognize that and they would start pulling the thing rather than picking up whips, right? So that's the, that's if you're rewarded by outcome, then all that matters is getting this rock across the desert. It doesn't matter uh, how you do it, basically. So, so like, the thing I'm still, like, not 100% happy with is this whole ownership. That's, like, missing, right? How so? In what way? Well, it's sort of, you have this short-term aspect of ownership. So every, every month you get paid out something based on the, oh. the revenue that the whole team has created. Yeah. Um, you get that. But how do you build in this two-year forward thinking? Yeah. How do you instill that into people? Because that's definitely something you need. I mean, you can you can probably run a consulting business in this with this kind of model, but what about a software company right. where like Mark Zuckerberg goes and now bets the farm on building this building meta, mm-hmm. whatever that is, right? So he like this is like a high risk maneuver that he now does because he has this long term thinking. He doesn't know if it's gonna work, but he, he says like, okay, this is worth the bet. So he says. We're going to try this. But with the current model that we discussed, that wouldn't really happen, right? You might have the founders, maybe like us, we'd say, yeah, that's something we want to, we want to work towards. And that's something we need to do. But in everybody else, if so if you're trying to build this machine that works on its own, how do you instill this long-term thinking? 
Yeah, I think then we have to have something like that ownership token that we talked about and start to allow people to accrue ownership in in the DAO, right? Like shares. Yeah. And we have been talking about it back and forth, like whether, you know, the shares could the shares, whether they'd also give you a portion of the, the revenue as they come in, right? Um, I guess that's something we'll have to look at, but yeah. overall, I'd say it'd be good because then you'd get, you'd get this nice um, dual aspect to, to the ownership where you get the dividends while at the same time you've got that timelessness aspect of things. Like if you've built a really good tool for the DAO and then you leave never to work in the DAO again, you still have a yeah. portion of that earnings from that tool forever, right? Yeah. As long as that tool works, yeah. you're always going to... Like you've planted that tree, you're always yeah. going to get a bit of that fruit, right? Yeah. And then it's gonna, that's going to excite everyone to try and build tools. Correct. Right. And everyone starts to try and think of things from a longer-term perspective again. That time preference changes yeah. again. So while, of course, that share that you earn will get diluted over time, but as the as the value of the total thing increases, your share might still increase in value, right? Even if it's less percentage points, it might yeah. still be more, worth more dollars. Yeah. I'm always thinking about, was it Alibaba, the secretary for Jack Ma or whatever? She was, she was the first, first secretary that he had when, the, when Alibaba had like... I don't know the exact story, right? But I've heard it before where, from different parties anecdotally, right? Where she was the secretary at the company when it had like 20, 30 employees. And so she's almost like a billionaire now, right? Because mm-hmm. she got shares mm-hmm. at, at the beginning when yeah. things weren't worth much. And of course, the company grew to have thousands and thousands and thousands of employees mm-hmm. who all also got shares in the company. But just yeah. because her efforts were the initial stage when, you know, the risks you would argue were highest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a cool other story about Alibaba. So I worked in e-commerce in Germany for a while. And it was always an issue to get suppliers, right, to list on, on your platform or whatever. And something Alibaba did in the, in the early days was they, they just, they forced essentially every employee, they said you each have to list like 20 or 50 suppliers. doesn't matter where you work. You work on a loading dock, go talk to the people that you're, that you, where you shop and list them. You know, like, oh, your secretary, go, you know, like, so like, wow, that's pretty like radical, right, to force people to do that. It is at the time it was in the best interest of the company and it was up to everybody to do it, right? Not just the salespeople or the supplier managers. It's like, no, this is what this needs to succeed. And so like on some level, that's the kind of thinking that principles would have, right? So maybe it's a bad example because I'm sure they weren't all principles in that company, but... Because then you wouldn't have to force them. You wouldn't have to force them, right? But the, but the action that they took was pro- you know, probably aligned with what they should have been doing. So that's cool. Yeah, and then of course Alibaba was massively successful. Yeah, and and um, that's why I think you know if say you were a university graduate leaving leaving uni and you were offered a job, right? And on one hand you got offered a job from a startup, another one you got offered a job from a very big company. Say both, say both companies did not offer you any equity in in the firm. 
there's actually a huge disadvantage to, to joining that smaller company, right? Because it might not survive come, you know, two years from now. And if you're not, if your salary is not much higher to, to take away, you know, to, to, to take away that risk, then why would you work at a risky startup, right? But yet in the last, what, 10, 20 years, working at a startup has been pretty cool, right? A lot of people have been excited to work for a startup. And I think it's because most people working at a startup would get offered these options or shares or, you know, basically ownership in a company, which... And that's massive upside. Yeah, massive upside, right? And then it kind of, it negates that... that, that um, that risk that, that a lot of small companies don't make it past five or ten years. But when you're young, it's okay. Why not take this chance, yeah. right? I don't have to pay for kids. I don't have to pay for a house. I, I can just yeah take a shot. Um, yeah, it wasn't always... It's not always the case though, right? Like not every small company offers you equity in a firm. And uh, which I think is a real shame because they're losing that... that the, the ability to harness that energy that a young person might have, right? To really making something work because there's so much upside to getting a small company to be successful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they can, with their own actions, like really move the needle there, I guess, in making it really successful. And in many But if they only get paid the fixed salary without any potential future upside... Yeah, they won't. They, what's their, what's their, what's their incentive right, right. to go out of their way to find this new product or pivot the company or pitch the CEO this amazing new idea? But if they had, and they knew and believed in the thing because of that, they'd probably be, yeah, it'd be a lot more likely that it would. Yeah, and regardless of what their area of expertise is, right? So, like, if a writer at a I don't know, some sort of online publication would get rewarded in relationship to how well their content performs. Like, how amazing is that, right? And then if you also have a small stake in how the overall uh, organization performs, I don't, I mean, I don't think it can get much better than that. Because otherwise, if you're just paid for, like, your work, like, oh, you get X amount for your article, then it's just a commodity again, right? You, it's like, oh, how can I write these 2,000 words with the least amount of effort so I can get my whatever yeah. dollars. But if it's like, no, like you actually get paid based on, on some level, you get based, based on like views, impressions, or actions that it provokes. So much, so much cooler. Yeah. You'll do a lot more, yeah. And w w let's say we agree, we assume, right, that uh, for an agent, an agent on this agent principle scale, an agent does the job to the letter of the job scope, right? while a principal does whatever it takes to get the company to the next level, right? So then now let's imagine you're a small company of seven, eight people, right? How are you going to draw up job scopes for seven, eight people that cover the entirety of what needs to be done for a company? It's almost impossible. And it changes every day, right? Yeah, so you actually need every single person in that small company to act like a principal if you have any shot whatsoever mm -hmm. to get this thing off the ground. You know, so it's 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 yeah, and then freaking paramount that you have to make sure everybody's a principal, right? 
And if in this situation you're still not, um, it could be so easy to do, like to solve. Yeah, but if you're not cognizant of the fact, and then you go and say, oh yeah, but come on, you know, ten thousand bucks a month, whatever, is such a good salary for for an engineer or whatever that's just out of uni. But then you can't understand why this guy just does his job nine to five, and then he's like, no nah, man, I'm home. Oh, you need me to do that? Sorry, that's not part of my job scope. Do that tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that's the deal they agreed on, right? Exactly. So it's. Yeah, it is what it is, right? So, but then they always, and then like the common answer is like, oh, it just matters who you hire, right? So then that's kind of how they try to filter. Because of course, everybody, every employer wants people who take ownership, who who act like a principal, within within reason, right? Of course, you know, there's many companies who don't want you to take uh, risky bets, even though if you're pretty sure that they would pan out. But well, that's not always the same, right? That's yeah, it's not right. It's not. It doesn't always mean the same thing, but. At the end of the day, every employer wants somebody to take ownership and own the, the problems kind of they're assigned. Um, but then but then the employment contract doesn't actually incentivize that, right? Yeah. So, so you're like gambling. Also as an employer, you're like gambling that that person roughly resembles what it says on their CV. <laughs> but And there's so many mechanisms to try to make sure, right? So filters and like, oh, what do you like... Uh, asking your previous employer and like all this stuff like getting references and like we're trying to actually do it without all of that we're just trying to straight up reward like the pure essence of like the value you create right and i think um in many ways the whole the whole system's gotten corrupted right like instead of making okay let me step back a bit like say <laughs> say say you've got two people or you've got a guy earning flat fifty thousand dollars a year but you treat him totally like an agent, right? He doesn't have any share in the upside of the company going forward. What happens when the company next door goes, oh man, I would love to get an extra person. I'll offer you 55,000 or 60,000. What stops that guy from, from moving? Actually nothing, right? Unless he's a principal, because if he's a principal, then he's invested in company A doing well so even if company B offers him something, it's not going to be enough unless unless company B offers him like a really, really, really good deal. He's going to want to stay in company A because he's got so much vested interest. He wants that all these seeds that he's planted in company A, you know, he wants to be there for harvest time. Right. Um, and 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 I think like the, the many times when you talk to companies and you talk to people that are employees, you hear that the way they get told to stay in a company it's not really by making them more of a principal they get given like more goodies you know hey uh if you work at our company you get a uh, on a birth on your birthday you get a day off or like you get a company car oh yeah you get a company car it's like it's not really making you a principal it's making you a better paid agent makes you more maybe more dependent on the company yeah but it's not you're not there for the long term you're there because they pay me so well today right yeah. And overall, like, what does that do to, to the comp like a whole company's worth of employees, ambitions, motivations, whatever, right? They then start to play these silly games of, oh, you got an Audi A4, I got an Audi A6, oh, look at me, right? I'm, I'm doing better than you, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's then kind of a carrot that. But it doesn't help to add value, right? It doesn't get the, the yeah. mindset of the, that person to be thinking, hey, how do I bring this whole try just gets them to think like how do I how do I squeeze carrot? more yeah, yeah.
So yeah, I'm still thinking like how how can we build this ownership thing into the DAO? It's just been like a token that's like a share. Pays a dividend. Yeah, then you have to battle every holder. Battle the SEC. You get it paid for something. Yeah, the I mean the SEC will be interesting. Maybe somebody listening to this on the other side of the world can come ping us, join us on Discord. Let us know. Give us some ideas. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be talking to this um, to this guy on Friday. Crypto lawyer. The crypto lawyer, and we'll be talking about the SEC. So maybe we can get some insights on that. Because I think the problem is not necessarily even creating a token that's a security, right? The problem is that then only accredited investors can buy it. Maybe I don't know. We'll find out I think on Friday. You, we'll find out on Friday. <laughs> I think you have to register it. And that then is, is a browser, it costs money, it's quite tedious, you need somebody to then hand in all sorts of documents, it's, it's, mm. this, it's this process that you might not want to do. So interesting, right? There's like so much legislation in place to, to like prevent what we're trying to achieve desperately, right? Yeah. Give people ownership, like own their success. Um, Why do you think that is? It's, I don't know. I really don't know what's good. It's, is that because then it makes us independent? Is that the Conspiracy Theories podcast? That is, maybe maybe it's that. Alright, tune into our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do another show. <laughs> I mean, I assume, I assume it's because then a lot of employers will start promising employees like crazy riches and there's nothing behind it. Yeah, yeah. It's like Ponzi, Ponzi nomics. Our company's going to go to the moon. Yeah. You, 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 no salary, all stock. But it'll be the equivalent of a half a million a year, but then you work for two years and you get absolutely nothing. And then probably, I'd assume that's what the state tried to prevent. I don't know. But what if you just tell them, don't promise? Right. And then everybody can be their own judge. Or you tell them, uh, don't believe that scumbag. (laughs) Do a tokenomics analysis first, man. Find out what the value creation actually is. Because we don't know if all this works, and we're still yeah. spending time on it. Just trying to figure it out. And nobody's sold us on it, but we're still doing it, sort of. Yeah, because we we somehow have this long-term view, right? Like, we're not trying to blow this up and make a quick buck. We're really trying to build something sustainable long-term, not just for us, but for everybody involved. I mean, the DAO keeps growing, so I guess they're also looking on and hoping that we come up with something exciting right yeah but it's not just up to us either right we're just hanging out talking about it of course everyone involved will hopefully chime in yeah give us their insight yeah. and then we can make something that works for everyone yeah i mean we're working on this process so it'll be interesting to see um what we come up with in terms of tokens and how the token could play a role but I think it's definitely in what we've solved for so far and what we've come up with, what's missing is ownership. Yeah. And I think a token can really, could help with that. Yeah. Because without the ownership, you only have this short-term thing. You get these short-term principles, but mm. it's not really principles. No, there's no such thing as a short-term really, yeah. principle, I think. Um... So it'll just be like a reward, like what we what we what we build or what we discuss or what we propose is just like this short-term mechanism to pay people, reward them, 
keep them involved. And I mean, and do we have to have a protocol for ownership, or are we able to do something simpler for ownership? How do we instill ownership? I think giving out people certain just by paying out money doesn't give me ownership. No, but like uh, paying out tokens, I say. Yeah. But doesn't mean it has to be a very sophisticated at the start, right? Sophisticated way of like would there maybe there's a crude way of giving out these tokens at the start, just as a you know, so that there's a proxy for work done and. You know, you start notching marks on your belt to say, hey, yeah, I have been here a while, I have been doing a lot, you know, I have been solving problems. Mm. That, you know, this might might uh, help you to get people to, you know, start building a stack of whatever that yeah. can then be converted whenever the, the proper... I don't know, version 2, version 3, version 4, tokenomics design comes to fruition, right? Yeah. Don't know. Well, I uh, guess we'll have to figure that out. Cool. We're going to get the plug, boys? Yeah. So if you <laughs> to thought... finish up the episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought this conversation was interesting and engaging, and you so too... And you too want to help and work, uh, develop the future of work. And you also want to work. <laughs> on tokenomics. On tokenomics. So, obviously, join Discord. You're probably already subscribed on Substack. Um, otherwise, you probably wouldn't hear this. Um, join us on Twitter. Um, get involved. Say hi. Say hi on Discord. Um, every Thursday afternoon, except tomorrow, but... Yeah, anyway, you won't hear this. <laughs> um, we have a cohort call, and that's the easiest way to get involved and become a contributor. Find out how to become a contributor, right? And um, yeah, look up tokenomicsdow.com, join a Discord, become a principal. Damn, haven't seen Lovis smile so big all night. <laughs> Since he's been, he he just loves the plug. he just loves the plug. I love the plug. <laughs> yeah, man. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to us while we try to figure things out. Um, yeah, and then I guess till next time. Thanks. Yeah.